0: welcome back to another podcast you guys today i'm back with molly hello 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 there <laughs> hello. <laughs> today i'm be... right
1: off the bat star wars reference <laughs>
0: <laughs> today we're going to be talking about uh Andor episodes uh five through eight
1: and what um, a wild set of episodes another wild <laughs> ride
0: here <laughs> Um, I still love how this title theme gets an added sound slash, like, instrument every episode. Mm. just adds to, like, the tension every single time. <laughs> I feel
1: like I haven't even noticed that. And to be honest, I may just, like, skip over it sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just love the music so much. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that was something that, I mean, I think we're going to talk about it in, like, a minute but that was something that I remember tweeting about I think it was about episode six and I was like damn the music and just the sound design in this episode was it was something <laughs> chef's <else>. kiss chef's <laughs> kiss
0: <laughs> Mickey's chef's kiss or <laughs> other way chef's around kiss. I did <laughs> it Mickey, Mickey's
1: kiss there you go there you go yeah, oh <laughs> the mouse goodness. approves <laughs> I'm
0: rusty on Disney <laughs> it's okay Skeen goes through Andor stuff while he's sleeping, which is a little odd, but uh, it's fine.
1: I mean, we all have a little bit of trust issues, and we all deal with it in different ways. So I mean, go off, Skeen.
0: <laughs> I love how uh, Mon Mothma knows her new driver's name, but her husband does not. And their dynamic hus-
1: is their dynamic is just like. That's that's, something very intriguing to me.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of really interesting dynamics I didn't even think of for the Star Wars universe that are happening in this show. Yeah. (laughs) Including that. And her husband's coercing her daughter onto his side too. It's just really manipulative and weird.
1: It's manipulative. It's weird. It's rough. Like, like, Mon does not deserve that.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) Runaway with our king that we'll talk about later. <laughs> mm-hmm. We learn why uh, Lieutenant Gorn is going against the Empire. He fell in love with this uh, native, I guess, and then they killed her.
1: Mm-hmm. As the Empire does. <laughs>
0: yeah, they tend to do that, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TIE fighter flying really low to scare people just because they can. I thought that was an interesting... Uh,
1: it was an interesting shot and just like i think it was it's a very the kind of paradoxically a very like subtle thing that the star wars could have done like they could have very easily had like a like a fleet of ships just like kind of higher up and flying by which we've seen them do before and that's like the intimidation kind of a tactic but this one's like It's just the one, but it's very low, very personal, very, like, in-your-face, and also very loud. Like, again, go off sound design. (laughs) (laughs) Way to rattle us all off. But, yeah, like, the subtle, the subtlety in the grandness is very cool.
0: (laughs) Well, they did a really good job with portraying how scary the Empire can be even with just one ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Skeen gets really mad when he finds the kyber crystal on Andor's neck. He tells them all that he's there for the money and they move on because they kinda have to. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting though, like I I don't remember how they or if they really addressed how everybody else came into it, but it was maybe something that I have to go back and rewatch, just like how that whole group comes together, but I think it's interesting the way that they're almost, like, fully appalled by the fact that he's only doing it for the money, right. and even though, like, I mean, we'll get into it in a bit with Skeen, but...
0: He kind of um, gets it.
1: He, he kind of gets it, but it's, like, the the showing the drastic passion or like the the extreme passion that these group this small group of people have just for what they're doing and how quickly they would turn on on someone when they hear that the another person's doing it for like the supposed wrong reasons even though like clem or cassian might have his own means of why he's doing that just for money but it's a very Mm -hmm. interesting kind of like Yeah, just another interesting dynamic in how, like, a group can form and come together to fight some sort of greater purpose and what those relationships all mean for them.
0: Another Rogue One squad. Yeah. (laughs) Skeen explains how his brother was a uh, pepper farmer who got uh, drowned by Imperials. So that helped Andor and him make up yeah he's like that's the closest you're gonna get to an apology
1: (laughs) (laughs) which i think that's that's a pretty iconic line now that i think back on it like that's just the closest thing you're gonna get like (laughs) here's here's my backstory (laughs) here's all my pain that's your apology
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's it i'm not gonna say sorry though (laughs) yeah Luthin has a uh, Sith and Jedi holocrons in the background in this episode as well, which is really strange.
1: <laughs> I want to, I am interested to see if we will ever hear more about like how he's running his business or if that's just kind of yeah. going to remain one of those things that we never know about or we never get full details on. It's just something that we see all the time, but yeah, I want to. I want to know where he's getting all of this stuff from, or mm-hmm. just like, who? I wonder if he knows Hondo because, like, how do you got all? How Maybe. do you have all these connections with all this, all these things? How do you get all of it?
0: <laughs> I love that Hondo's in a Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> it's that made me iconic. really happy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, moving on to episode six, though really was the that eye much. yeah <laughs> in the last episode mm-hmm. this one uh the eye name it gets so excited about the mission that he can't sleep just
1: so sweet <laughs>
0: <laughs> <The king. laughs> he has a manifesto which sounds really interesting and well done his thoughts mm-hmm. against the empire really open uh andor's eyes and the audiences to the amount of harm that this awful dynasty did
1: (laughs) yeah dictatorship has taken over yeah
0: that's a better word for it Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) the empire forces natives of the planet to walk miles and miles to come see the eye of aldani which only happens once every three years but I guess a year would be different on this planet, so maybe it's just like a couple of days.
1: <laughs> maybe I didn't I honestly thought it was longer than three years' because I thought it was like one of those things where it's like it happens like once in a thousand years or something. Like so it's once like in a big lifetime thing that, yeah, a very once in a lifetime thing, but I think when they were talking like, the other guards that were on the Aldani base, and they were just like, yeah, go ahead, go enjoy it, I'll stand here, like, whatever it is, like, with Lieutenant Gorn, and everyone was just like, yeah, sure, okay. Like, it seems like it's just, like, a, a semi-regular occurrence that, like, enough people will have seen it at some point, so they don't need to see it again, but... That's, mm-hmm. like, I thought that that was a very funny thing to see, too, is just, like, how normal stuff in the Empire could be, like... Right, Like, yeah, you go watch this pretty thing that happens. I'll stand and watch your post.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's still people sometimes at this (laughs)
1: moment.
0: They also had distractions along the way for the natives to stop them from coming to see Mm. the eye. (laughs) Yeah. Some imperial officers start peeing in front of Vel and Senta while they're hiding.
1: Disgustang.
0: (laughs) Disgustang. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But again, strangely that normalization of things that just happen but have never really been shown in Star Wars, it's very interesting.
0: <laughs> People don't pee in Star Wars. <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> they don't eat either. Mm-mm. I mean sometimes, some do, but or most have of the time, sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: The music is so good in this episode, especially the tension, the imperial alarms, the mix of everything was so well done.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I remember seeing the most on uh, Twitter and like other discussions after that episode was, again, kind of going along with that like show don't tell aspect that the show does really well, but the fact that there were so many shots where it was just almost just like a close-up on someone and that was enough and just like the music kind of spoke for them and it was very much just like there wasn't a lot of dialogue really explaining what was going to happen next and it was just you're sitting here watching this all unfold and you're picking up on so many subtle cues and show I think that, don't that was tell. show don't tell and or masterclass <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a really cool shot of an Imperial officer getting into their TIE fighter with the eye happening in the background, which should be Mm -hmm. a poster in itself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it reminded me of, I forget where, I feel like there was some, maybe it was the Mandalorian that we saw like TIE fighters or like um, Imperial soldiers like getting into their TIE fighter in that way before. Because I mean, I know in like The Force Awakens there was like how Poe and Finn had to, like, climb into one, basically. But the ones that just kind of, like, drop from the from some sort of, like, hanging thing. Maybe it's Clone Wars, too. I don't know. But it's, like, that <laughs> That them. setup is very, very cool. And especially with, like, the eye in the background. Just, like, it's art. A piece of
0: art. <laughs> it really is. Terraman gets shot and dies while the group tries to escape. And then Nemec gets crushed by some credits, which is absolutely horrible. Yeah. The last thing he does is help Cassian out of the eye using his old star path unit. Mm-hmm.
1: And the infamous last words of climb. And like I think I remember I uh, texted you about mm-hmm. this, that Nemec's last words to Cassian are climb. And some of K2SO's last words to Cassian were. Climb to so get it.
0: Ugh. Skeen suggests taking Namek to a doctor, but has ulterior motives. Throughout this episode, you can also tell that he doesn't help everyone as much as he could have. Mm, he's yeah. told to cover Termin at one point, and he only fires once. Wow.
1: I didn't notice that that before.
0: Wow. So he's like half helping everybody the whole time. <laughs>
1: He's the one in the group project doing the bare minimum while everyone else <laughs> does the work and they just put his name on it Yeah. And he gets what the grade.
0: Exkeen <laughs> Quadpa is the same species as Maz Kanata. He works mm-hmm. on Namek, who ends up dying anyway, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I liked Quadpa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He he really came through. He did his best.
0: Mm-hmm. He tried. Skeen suggests that him and Andor split the Imperial rewards and run off, but uh, Cassian kills him. Mm-hmm. King. you.
1: <laughs> but I even think that that's interesting. When I when I watched that happen, I was I was trying to figure out why he did that because on the one hand. Like, I feel like maybe that was Cassian's first really feeling that, why are you doing this? Like, I really, I'm starting to now believe in your cause and now you do this. Like, how dare you? Kind of bam there. (laughs) But it's also interesting because he was mainly doing it for the money, like, why would he kind of pass that up and so what was it about maybe what was it about like skiing that really made him realize that this cause is something really worth fighting for and was was skiing like that catalyst for him or was it you know like was it mainly just like nemex manifesto or whatever it was And like what what was it that really set cassian off that much to be like i need to put an end to you before anything else can go wrong or anything else can happen.
0: hmm I think a lot of it was Namek and his manifesto, yeah. Yeah. That triggered him a lot once.
1: Philosophy wins again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cassian gives Bell Luthan's kyber crystal to get back to him, and Bell gives him a Namek's manifesto. Mon Mothma tries to give a speech to senators, but no one listens to her. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and see, I thought that that was also really well done because I didn't realize until it cut to Luthen in his shop and they were, like, hearing it over the radio that, or at least this is the way that I interpreted it, is that while Mon was in that, like, Senate debate and she was, like, giving her speech, it was, like, that was everyone else maybe partially like ignoring her because of her she's a little bit more radical in her ideas or something and she's more um outspoken like maybe against the empire in some ways that people kind of know about but i also think it's because that was like their way of showing that this is everyone's reaction to what happened on Aldani is everyone had to leave and everyone had to like, everyone was kind of panicking in their own way. And so they had to like leave this Senate floor and like figure their own stuff out. And that's maybe why like everyone just kind of like got up and left or wasn't paying attention to her because they were getting this news, but we weren't like, it wasn't one of those like broadcasted things like to the audience, like, Oh, people are doing this because they're seeing what happened or right. something like that. like it's very it's kind of I feel like up to your interpretation or maybe it is supposed to be one way or the other. I'm not sure. but I think that that way that they showed like the reaction or like the like the ripples in the water, so to speak, from what happened on Aldani like that's that was really, really cool to see.
0: yeah, I definitely think it can be interpreted both ways probably yeah <laughs> moving on to uh, episode seven uh wolf yalaren shows up and he's on the isb Remember i'm him? kind
1: of i'm kind of waiting maybe to see if grand admiral thrawn might show up
0: yeah that'd be funny that <laughs> would Krennic. be kind
1: of that'd be kind of cool <laughs> Or Krennic, oh Yeah. I really forgot about it. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up at some point. Yeah. Or a couple other people. I can't think of anyone at the moment. <laughs> maybe Thrawn.
1: Maybe Hera Cindela.
0: Ooh. Maybe.
1: That would be something. I would I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs>
0: Um, But I feel like,
1: I feel like, sorry to interrupt you. I feel like Andrew's also that, it seems like it's taking the direction that it's not going to be so, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Like, uh, there aren't going to be so
1: many, no, like, there aren't going to be so many, like, guest appearances, like, from other like characters or they're not going to like have too many like, Easter eggs, like obvious mm-hmm. Easter eggs. Like, Oh, here's this character from clone wars, or here's this right. character that but you're going to see later face. on. Yeah. Like the way that, I mean, I th- I think we're also going to get into it a little bit later, but with episode eight with Melshi, where they didn't like, I feel like they made it obvious that there's some sort of connection between him and Cassian but then it wasn't, I didn't recognize it until I was like seeing everyone else post about, oh my gosh, like, look, it's this guy from Rogue One. And I was like, oh, you don't say, <laughs> like, it wasn't, it, again, like it wasn't so in your face. Like he was introduced as like this, in along with this group of people. And so I feel like he was kind of like, the, he was mentioned, but he was in like this Massive crowd, so to speak. So it's kind of like one of those things that you look, I feel like most people would kind of just look over and not pay attention to. So I feel like that's kind of the direction more that Andor's taking rather than like at the end of The Mandalorian season two. And spoiler alert Luke shows up and it's like this whole thing, you know. Or with, like, Bo-Katan coming in, like, they're not very, I feel like it's not going to be like that if they're going to have any other characters pop up. Or even with, like, with Yolaren showing up, it wasn't even, like, someone said, like, yes, Admiral Yulard or whatever, like, it was just, he was there. And everyone else knew in the shot, like, who he was and what his job was, but we were never told explicitly that that's who it was. Like, we had to read in between the lines. So it's like, I feel like that's more of what would happen if we're going to have any more...
0: Cameos.
1: Cameos! Thank you! That's the word I was looking for! I got
0: you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Luthen was planning on the Empire to tighten their grip against the people to remind everyone just how terrible they are. thinks that people have been forgetting and that they've been getting used to the Empire in their ways.
1: Which, like, he's right, but at the same time, like, bro, there is some really messed up crap going on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: People are dying. All of those natives probably were killed after the Aldani thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mon Mothma has no idea about the Aldani mission when she visits Luthan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, I even think like their relationship is very interesting because they obviously know each other and they know that the other is not for the Empire, but it's, they still can't figure each other out. And so like, we can't figure them out as an audience. So that's a, it's a very interesting, like gray area with the two of them. That is rebellion very interesting. Rebellion is
0: very scattered right now. It seems the like re- Luthen's like the father of the rebellion in a way.
1: <laughs> don't forget Saw That man's been yes. doing, Like that was, that was another cameo where it wasn't mm-hmm. so like grandiose and like a giant reveal or something. It was just like, here he is.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He was perfect. Yeah. Surreal gets a new job at a very low grade job for the Empire. Mm. Um, but
1: even the way that they showed that, like office setup, it was very interesting to me. That was another situation, kind of like when, like, I couldn't figure out like Cassian's perspective, like on their little rebellion and with Ski. And I feel like with Cyril, when he's like looking at. This office and even the way that it was shot like there weren't very many like smooth transitions it was a very there were very hard cuts from each shot and so it was very rigid and very like very like cut and dry and there's like no room for any error it's very exact and I couldn't tell if with the way that he was reacting I couldn't tell if he was like this is like my safe haven like this is exactly how i want things to be or if he's looking at this extreme and is like hmm do i want to be a part of this because i feel like that's that's the interesting thing with his characters i can't tell again like which side he's really leaning towards because especially with the way that his relationship with his mom is like I know if that were me like I would be going out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) let me live my life but he seems to be just like he just kind of takes it and just runs with everything and is very set in his ways and so I couldn't tell if that was like him getting this new position was something he really wanted or like what his what is what are his motives what is his deal
0: <laughs> i think he just thinks above everybody and wants his old job back well yeah <laughs> yeah but he, he's
1: he's a little bitter
0: he does not like this one no. <laughs> clea luthan's partner uh meets up with vel and mm-hmm. she orders her to kill cassian
1: I think it was, I, I, I actually think it was pronounced like Cleia because when I uh, heard okay. it, I was like, every time he said it, I was like, it's like, Cleia, <laughs> who? <laughs> but I think her character is really intriguing. Like, I, it's, it's like Luthen's almost, like you were saying, he seems to be like the father of the rebellion, but she's like, I feel like it's like the, the common trope that you see with many like strong female characters or with just like any main, like, kind of, like, female character that's a partner to a male where it's, like, the male is just, like, the figurehead where it's the woman who's really doing, like, the pushing and, like, mm-hmm. who's calling all the shots. I'm like, this is exactly what's going on here. <laughs> like, Luthan's still, like, he has his own things, but, my God, like, is really doing stuff and is really being like this is how we need to run things and this is what they're going to expect the empire i mean and so here's what we have to do instead and so she's being very like she's being the voice of like extreme reason for Mm -hmm. ruth and i think and it's very very cool to see
0: cassian comes back to ferrix to marva and b2 emo (laughs) Um, and tries to get them to run away with him yeah. Yeah. But Marva decides to stay behind because she feels that her rebellion destiny is to stay on Ferrix.
1: <laughs> I like that th- that someone's rebellion destiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, how do I word this? <laughs> no,
1: I think that I think that's perfect and it's a really interesting way of looking at it.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Mon Mothma meets with her friend Take Holma who plays Townsend in The Crown Seasons 1 and 2. Huh. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs>
1: Check that out.
0: She tries to recruit him onto her team and uh, basically start the Rebel Alliance. We'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. And even the way that that conversation went was so cool to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, the look into mon's character even more of how she can switch her or like how she can keep the facade but still be talking about like having like a rebel discussion in the midst of like this giant room this giant party of imperial sympathizers and the front that she puts on and how Tay is even like what is going on and she's like she's like don't worry like i got you like i'll lead you on but here's the stuff that's going on and i'm going to we're going to look fine and like the way that she was directing him but also the way that he was so receptive to everything he didn't he wasn't like what are you doing or like he didn't make it a huge thing it's like he trusts her that much that he just went along with everything and like that was so masterful like that's so cool
0: she compared herself to palpatine like
1: which just hiding makes sense
0: <laughs> plain sight <laughs> yeah we get confirmation in this episode that Clem uh, Cassian's adoptive father was indeed hung in the streets of Ferrix.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Marva and Cassian say goodbye to each other and it's extremely sad but such a well done scene by both actors
1: yeah I loved the line where she was saying to him like you can't stay and I can't go
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like that realization from the both of them like that that hits on it, it applies to so many different situations just that line but for them like that like that's so gut-wrenching like it just it hits so differently
0: yeah <laughs> and it's
1: such a it's just a again like that whole all that dialogue that scene was written so beautifully
0: she also tells him not to look for his sister anymore. But I'm sure we'll get more on that later in <laughs> <at> Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blevin loses the assignments for Morlana One and Ferrix to Deidre Miro.
1: Go off Queen.
0: Yeah. Or <laughs> Queen. <laughs> And it's or like go...
1: go off, but don't also like <laughs> you you're do on you the Empire? and right, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like prove yourself, like do the work and get the credit for it, but also like slip up somewhere. <laughs> back
0: off, <laughs> back off. Andor goes to a planet called Neemos, which kind of looks like Miami. <laughs> I
1: thought. <laughs> best way to describe it. I was gonna say it looks like, it almost looks like a Scarif adjacent, but I think just describing it like Miami is perfect.
0: (laughs) Since the Empire is tightening its grip now, he gets arrested for doing absolutely nothing. A K2SO unit kind of chokes him, which is really funny.
1: I. I freaked out a little bit when I saw it climb up. I was like, is that like our K2SO? Mm-hmm. Or is this supposed to-? and then i like I saw a second one walk by and I was like, oh shoot, it's probably just like another one. But just like not again my like
0: K2SO. You know my so <laughs> <laughs>
1: But again I think the way that it was it was a subtle introduction. It wasn't like there wasn't like a giant music cue or anything like that. Like it just walked up and you know attacked cassian but like it's fine and <laughs> he's good went on went on with it you know
0: uh and gets sentenced to six years in jail for nothing <laughs> yeah move on to the last episode that we're going to talk about today episode eight
1: hooray
0: hooray We get a better introduction to the Empire prison system during this chaos, which was really interesting. It Mm -hmm. felt similar to, like, concentration camps, and it was horrifying.
1: Well, that was, like... I actually have, like, a lot of screenshots from different, like, tweets after that episode where they were talking about the display of what a dictatorship really is and how terrifying that is when it's not like a giant war that goes on where it's the again like that day-to-day small things that occur but they have such a large impact on the people that aren't in power and what that means for like the greater I guess like environment in some way but I think something that was interesting that i picked up on like in that first i think it was like that first scene of episode eight where it was all the people that were being like sentenced or that were going off were all people of color and everyone in yeah. the empire was not and i think it was also interesting where they asked like before cassian was put on a certain transport they were like where are you from Or are like what planet are you do you are you were you born from or you know and I think like that way of like picking each picking each of them apart and like separating you based off of like where you're from and like that was so it, again like I keep saying interesting but it's just it's, it's it's weird to see but it's it's very intriguing and very thought provoking and just how again like those very small minor lines but they mean so much and they carry such a heavy weight along with them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets sent to uh, a Five, which is a mm-hmm. factory prison. But what are they building? Is are, is it parts for the Death Star?
1: That's what people are theorizing, which <laughs> is really sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be really, really sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense, though. Yeah. Because why would the Empire want to do that? Mm-hmm. Andy Serkis plays the leader of the room where Andor is sent. Every room has multiple tables, and every table competes against each other to either reap rewards or get shocked. Mm -hmm. It's funny because Andy Serkis also plays Supreme Leader Snoke in the (laughs) sequel trilogy, so this is a really interesting choice.
1: Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because I saw, I, I think there's like the tweet that I saw to remind me that an episode, a new episode had dropped where someone had said, no spoilers, but the actor that comes in and, and we see just like, we see him and it's not CGI'd or anything was such a welcome just performance. And it was such a welcome um, addition to the universe. And I had seen that I don't actually know if this was something that Andy said or not, but it was like some source had said that Andy had said it, that once he was, when he was offered the job, the reason why he took it was because, because of Rogue One and because of how that was such a departure from most Star Wars things. And when he like heard about the direction that Andor was going to take, it was like, I want to be a part of that. And he kind of like then didn't worry about, his like later appearance in the greater timeline but i think that that was it really speaks to, like the impact that that story of rogue one and the way that they're handling and or really has you know
0: yeah they're doing such a good job with this and i don't blame them for wanting to be a part of it
1: <laughs> yeah oh and i wanted to mention while we were talking about like the way that the prison was set up was the way that the Empire was... the way that they're handling all the prisoners with, like, you have to be in competition with each other and you can't have allies and you are... you're working together, but you're also not working together. Like, you could very easily be gone the next day or something. It's, like, they're very much promoting this, like, sense of independence and, like, this sense of you are... Like, you have no allies, and so you have no way to kind of, like, bond with people and be human in some way. You are just a part of the machine, and that machine is the Empire, and we tell you how everything must be. And it was, again, that subtlety in the way that they spoke about things and that the way that they just have everything set up. But it's it's so massive, and it's, like, such this, it's this great thing, you know?
0: like nazism
1: (laughs) it is yeah
0: the leaders of the rooms are even serving a sentence and get punished if they have the worst room i'm assuming Mm -hmm. um this was such a cool concept to bring into the star wars universe though Mm -hmm. um it it reminded me a lot of squid game honestly (laughs) yeah
1: it's like it's that dark reality of it was yeah the the dark reality of like dictatorship and just government i feel like in general of like how power can just be taken and then manipulated and imposed <laughs> even like it's it's very intricate and it goes very deep i think
0: dedra miro brings in surreal karn and questions him about his multiple reports on a uh, cassian and or mm-hmm. She brings up that Cassian could lead to someone who paid for the Aldani incident to happen. Who they end mm-hmm. up calling Axis. He's just Luthan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a cool code name, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Luthan goes to visit Saw Guerrera, <laughs> who assumes the Aldani heist was done by him. Saw doesn't need his breathing tube yet, so that's nice for him.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder I if really we're gonna cool see, to see that.
1: I wonder yeah. if we're gonna see, like, that whole process happen.
0: Maybe. Like, how? hmm mm-hmm. I liked seeing Forrest Whitaker back in his role, though. He was one of my favorite parts of Broke One.
1: Yeah. And just, like, getting that... Uh, Or at least for me, I'm remembering in the Clone Wars, how they depicted Saul Guerrero. I mean, like in the Clone Wars, like, Saul was very young, but like remembering his backstory. For those of you who don't know, (laughs) um, (laughs) Saul at one point was um, their home planet was fighting against the separatists and fighting against the separatist rule. And it was his sister that actually was leading like that rebellion in some way. And they were aided by Anakin and Ahsoka and Rex and the 501st and the Republic, basically. But then his sister was killed and he kind of like took over the rebellion of it. And he wanted to go more extreme, I think, against the separatists. And the Republic was like, no, you can't go that far. You can't you can't do that and so then it was like which power do i want to fight more and so then he became like this again like another radical where he just went off like on a completely different path and so it's interesting to have him brought back now and to see where he's kind of pulling the strings now at this part in the like again the greater (laughs) storyline
0: right the rebels are separated but he's like even more separated there's Mm -hmm. no alliances it seems like
1: yeah.
0: My last note on this episode is that Bix gets arrested by Dedra Miru and we uh, end the episode with her almost getting interrogated. We'll yeah. find out what happens. week. <laughs> but-
1: there is another, I'm like going through like the tweets that I screenshotted. Yeah. There was like another bit um, where Cinta and Val have a conversation where they're on Ferrex, and they seem to be they're still looking for Cassian and Vel's kind of like on the fence about it. But Cinta's very, again, like kind of like the Vel's like the figurehead of the leader, but Cinta's really the one that's like pushing everything. And her line, Cinta says to Vel was, I'm a mirror, Vel. You love me because I show you what you need to see. And both from first, like just having a relationship that's very, overtly like LGBTQ in Star Wars but yeah. just like 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 some like people were saying like it wasn't like a two second kiss at the end of a movie mm-hmm. and it wasn't like something that's only in like an extended universe or something it's here and they're talking about it so blatantly and it's also the their relationship in power and how they kind of like complement each other but the way that they have to put all of their personal feelings aside for the rebellion like what does that mean in terms of like is that worth fighting for because you're putting aside like this piece of like your humanity with finding love and finding just connection but it's for the greater purpose of toppling this dictatorship like it's so interesting to see them and to have that dialogue like In Star Wars. Like that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it was really awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm glad that they um introduced that concept as well into the universe.
1: It's about time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For real. But did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss on five through eight?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I mean when I even looked back on like what happened in five three i was like i feel like there wasn't like there was a lot that happened mm-hmm. but i was like that really spanned another three or four episodes almost I know, right? like that that's wild to me and mm-hmm. i think again like with episode i feel like episode eight is really like
0: there was a, it's lot a turning point one. there was
1: a lot that happened in it and it all happened so quickly and i think that was like another thing i kind of want to throw out real quick is like diego luna's performance in like I like I like we all know like we noticed that Cassian seemed genuinely scared mm-hmm. and that's something that I feel like we haven't seen from him before but like the way that Diego Luna performed that was really interesting and also I think there was one moment where the imperial guards were like needing to switch out and there was like one person that didn't show and it was when they were starting to like transfer all of the prisoners into the prison or something or get their assignments. And there was just just a shot of Cassian kind of like standing with his hands behind his head. And he was just kind of like listening or like he he could tell he kind of like turned his head ever so slightly. And so it's like, he was scared and he seemed very like, again, like caught off guard and everything was happening so fast, but his observation skills were still in play. And that's why like people were theorizing that like with the um introduction of Melshi in his like work group and with him noticing those things, like they think that there's going to be like a new prison break and it's going to be with the two of them and this is how at least Cassian's rebellion his his rebellion destiny is really <laughs> is really like formed and this is where it's it becomes very like concrete and this is what he wants to do for the rest of his life, is to topple the Empire, and it starts here, which is really crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess we'll see in the last four episodes of this season how it's going to end up. but i'm glad that you could come on the podcast again and discuss andor
1: <laughs> me too and i i again can't wait to see where this goes because it's every week there's some new and exciting thing that andor either hits on or introduces and they do mm-hmm. it so well again like i feel like this whole series is just like a masterclass in so many different realms it's just so cool that we have it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so glad happy that we have it. it. <laughs> high school me would be obsessed with this show. I'd be like watching this all the time.
1: <laughs> I feel like high school me would think that the show was boring, but <laughs> now, <laughs> but now that I'm like again, like looking at all of the very nuanced subject matters of it, like it's it's so cool to piece apart and it's awesome that it's again a part of Star Wars no less like
0: (laughs) (laughs) but thank you for coming on the podcast do you have the outro or anything you want to say
1: see I was thinking about this for the past few weeks like once you prompted me with it the last time (laughs) I was like what can I say to it I think I'm still working on it but I don't know yeah, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> maybe I'll just I'll do like the mock like luthan laughing after the Aldani thing goes well, and he's just like he turns the to the side and he just like l- like laughs and lets loose. That's my outro. It's just Haha, you think I have one.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Be nice to each other out there. <laughs>